The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Morgan Black joined by Brad Whisker. We are filling in for Jaylen Nye as she uh, embarks on an adventure across BC, correct? Across BC, across Canada. She's gone for a couple of weeks. She'll be back on the 19th, so we'll hold down the fort until then. And uh, I got to say, you know, Mayor uh, Tenny DeBlanco out of Leduc County uh, really painting a, a good picture for that area right now. So much going on. Uh, the airport is thriving. I was reading that it's the fifth busiest airport in Canada based on passenger volume, acquiring uh, Aurora Cannabis to uh, have their facility out there. The new racetrack, the the outlet mall. There's there's a lot of jobs out there, yeah, and both and Costco just opened up as well. Yeah, so both the county, Leduc, the city of Leduc, and the city of Edmonton, and other surrounding areas are all taking advantage of the the job boom out that way. Uh, so a lot of good things happening, and it sounds like they they don't need much help. I mean, there's a few things that they want to get done, and it sounds like it will get done, but but nothing what I would consider extremely pressing. I mean, they want to get roads and better access to emergency services, and those things come in time for areas like Leduc County, but it takes time, and residents know that, and it sounds like it's uh, it's a good time out there right now, and it's a good time to be a resident in Leduc County. And our ongoing Alberta Matters topic, to this today is urban versus rural, and that's why we had Mayor DeBlanco come in, and we're, we're discussing, and she outlined kind of the, the push and pull of doing business with the big city when you're, I don't want to say the little man, but well, you're... Well, you are. You're the small you're player. You're the small player but with with major resources that, that the city of Edmonton needs. They they want to be a part of this growth. And, and on that matter, it, it got us thinking the political influence of living in an urban or rural community, and, and what does that look like? As we know, Albertans went to the polls fairly recently. It was incumbent Rachel Notley's NDP against Jason Kenney's United Conservative Party. We all know how things played out. We now have Premier Kenney. But when you look at the at the map of, of where the votes landed, it is a sea of blue, and then right in the middle, Just an a little dot. orange dot. <laughs> and that is our our city, our, our urban city of Edmonton. But totally, totally surrounding us in all the rural areas, they went blue. And it, it got Brad and I thinking, why? Where does that come from? And so we have joining us Riza Hasmath, a full professor of political science at the University of Alberta. Rather, How are you, Riza? Riza, are you there? Oh, I got to turn him up. Riza, can you hear me now? I can hear you perfectly. Oh, Good afternoon, goodness. everyone. Thank you for your patience. Riza, can, can you take us into where your location kind of can play into your political leanings? Why, why, does, why does location have so much to do with it? Right. So, you know, in fact, um, we can take a more sociological approach to this. And what I mean by that is when you're in an urban area, you're more likely to interact with different people. You're more likely to interact um, in the everyday with more and more people. So you generally tend to have to be less conservative um, the more crowded a city is, the more crowded a uh, geography is. The more sporadic, more di- um, uh, diverse uh, uh, um, the, the, the population, uh, the more conservative you tend to be because you're not interacting meaningfully with different groups and so forth. So that's how you would approach it sociologically from this macro perspective. Professor, do you think people strictly base their location on where they want to live because of their political influence or who they support politically? You know, it's, it's, I mean, I'll put a different hat on. I think there's actually a strong economic reason. And you sort of alluded to it when you're talking about Leduc and you're, you're creating new jobs. 
people tend to stay in the urban area or they tend to migrate to the urban area for a better life, a higher economic life, better wages. That's the classic reason. So I would like, I mean, as a political scientist, I would like to say there is political reasons um, or there might be political leanings. But for the most part, when, when we do look at the, the studies, it's, it's generally for, uh, uh, for economic uh, reasons, for wages, better wages in the urban core. Okay, well, maybe I'll take a different spin on it then. Would sure. people ever consider leaving where they already live to move into a different setting? Maybe they're out in, in, in rural Alberta and they decide, you know what, I, I'm not happy with uh, the current state of the provincial government. I'd feel much more comfortable living amongst other supporters of a particular party in, a, in an urban setting. So in general, people do not normally move out for those reasons. In fact, if you look at Alberta, 80% of Alberta is, is pretty much urban. Um, and, uh, you know, generally speaking, people would move out for, for economic reasons. It's, it might be cheaper to live outside, and they might, um, you know, commute into the urban core. But for political reasons, for the most part, they don't. Professor, when, when we talk about what an individual values, what life experiences they pick up over the course of a lifetime. How does that play into where you want to be and, and, and what your political leanings are? Do those things help shape that? Yeah, um, so this is actually a core of a lot of my research. And what I do find is um, values, political values tend to get formed at a very young age. So where you're actually raised, that plays a bigger role than your immediate experiences. Um, so for the most part, if values, if, 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 if political parties shift, um, you're not going to find people shifting that dramatically for the most part in terms of their values. Now, if we look at it from generations, um, you know, there's this idea of materialist and post-materialist. So at a certain income, your values shift. Um, so we can see that generationally. But in one generation, you're not really going to see a major difference. Now that we, we know that what your research focuses on, I have to ask, can you take us into that a little bit more about, about that life experience research? What, what, are you, what are you throwing a dart at directly? What are you trying to pinpoint? Well, we're trying to see, you know, for instance, if, if someone's, if you just came out of university and you have better wages, um, you have better income, you have a better, um, um, I guess, uh, disposable income, does your values shift? Uh, if you have more luxuries, do your values shift? And we do find that in a very short span, that your values do shift a little, slightly. Um, but the core values don't fundamentally change very much. Um, we, we were generally quite fixed. When we take a look at, at, at certain party platforms, we don't necessarily have to break it down UCP, NDP. I think we can speak generally. Are there, are there social issues that maybe just don't play into an urban crowd or don't play into a rural crowd? Like certain aspects of, of the platform that just don't matter to people and that's why they don't vote that way? You know, fundamentally, people want to feel secure. Um, that's economic security. They have a job. They have an income. They, they, they can see a future in which they're secure. So that's, that's where respect is urban or rural. Um, that's fundamentally the case. But how do you actually create that security? That's a different story. So, for instance, if um, um, crop prices have decreased or if uh, we find that um, wages have decreased in, in the urban core um, and cost of living has increased or apartment prices have increased, um, people feel threatened. And at core, that's, I mean, it's the same thing for urban and rural, but the, how the issues get played out is slightly different. 
Um, but effectively, it's the same thing. People want to feel secure, and they want their political parties to make them feel secure. Professor, do you feel like bloodline plays a factor? I mean, say my parents voted a certain way and their parents voted a certain way that you would want to live in that same that same area. Do, does that contribute whatsoever? You know, there's a relationship there. But again, if your parents live in the same area and they were raised in that same community, um, those values were entrenched at a young age. And so if your kids and their grandkids are in the same community, those values get entrenched very similarly. So that's why you see that parent-child relationship in terms of voting patterns. But nowadays, we see more and more children going to the urban, if they're in the rural areas, for instance, or going elsewhere beyond the province. And so because of that, their values, and they're exposed to different things, and their values shift. Um, so because of greater mobility within the province, outside the province, outside the country, uh, because of new migrants coming in, uh, we see different value shifts. So it's not going to have that, that, that trend that we used to have where parent and child have similar kind of political leanings. It's, it's going to shift more dramatically in the future. Yeah, the reason I bring that up is because I grew up in an urban setting, but my, my first job out in Alberta, I was in a, I was in a rural setting, and I... I did over that year and a half when I lived in a rural setting notice for that period of time anyways, my values change a little bit. Is that something that can happen? Right. Yeah. So you mean your values are affected a lot by the people you hang around with, your most immediate circle. Um, and so your, your close friends, your family, and because it, it sort of reinforces what you believe and don't believe. Um, and so it, it can temporarily occur, but at core, your core values don't shift very much. Certain values might go one way or another, but at core, you don't really shift very much. That is the voice of Professor Riza Hazmath at the, of political science at the University of Alberta, who is giving us some fantastic insight essentially on ourselves, how we tick and why we do the things that we do. <laughs> Professor, your research, we are going to have to keep an eye on it because I believe that, uh, that we'll, we'll eventually have many more questions to follow up with you on. Well, thank you for having me. It was our pleasure. Take care. Bye now. Just got off the phone with Professor Riza Hazmath at the University of Alberta. He's a professor of political science talking about the political influence of living in an urban or rural community. And that's all part of our Alberta Matters topic today, rural versus urban. Earlier, we had the mayor of Leduc County, Tani DeBlanco, talking about the booming success of Leduc County with the airport, the outlet mall, the racetrack. Aurora Cannabis, it feels like the list goes on. I can list many, many things that Leduc County is simply thriving in. And earlier this morning, we had, uh, the, this is the best name ever, Frickin' Delights. That is the yeah, name. make sure you say it right the first that time because that's name hard to come back from. That is the name of a donut shop. We had them on the Ryan Jesperson show and they were, they were talking about why they decided to pick up their business and move it to a rural community instead of urban. So... I mean, they actually went as far as to say that's what saved their business. That's That was the best move they ever made. So Corey and Mandy Woichu built a following selling their donuts online and at the Strathcona Farmer's Market. So it seemed like a no-brainer. They'd be like, oh, okay, we'll open up a storefront. But they actually ended up having to close up shop prematurely in Edmonton. And so Mandy says that's when they decided to move the operation out to Devon. A small community with great services, healthcare. Uh, the hospital is right there. And at the time I was a nursing assistant, so I could get a job 
job. So it had like all these factors that were conducive for a young couple to kind of develop into a community, raise a family, you know, and and now we run a business there. And she went on to list a bunch of other benefits. She said the startup costs were lower. There was less red tape. When we opened the doors in anticipation, we were expecting, you know, some kind of response. People were happy that we were going to be open, old customers and that sort of thing. But we had no idea that we would become a destination. And and that's really the beauty and the biggest pro is we've we stick out like a sore thumb in a community like Devon, you know, so we, we naturally have a following and, and we're on people's radar because we stick out. In Edmonton, I don't think we'd stick out. And we asked Mandy on top of that, what were some perhaps the other reasons that the Edmonton shop didn't work out for them? For a small business, it's all about the bottom line. It was it was fiscally driven, like our decisions were fiscally driven. Um, so entering into the market as a new business, if you weren't a chain, you couldn't back yourself up financially and no one would take a chance on the lease for you. It was really hard to prove yourself and say like, no, I have this business and I, I think I'm going to do well. And a happy ending for them. They've been thriving in Devon and they actually are planning to open up another location in Sherwood Park. Yeah. And the one thing that, that stuck out to me there was uh, her saying that being in Devon, they stick out like a sore thumb, a unique donut shop. A vegan donut shop in Devon. A vegan Devin. donut shop in Devon is certainly going to stand out compared to one of the many, you know, banner stores that are along, say, Jasper or or White Avenue. Uh, It's a small town. Word gets around quick. Whereas in Edmonton, there are many unique bakery shops similar to Frickin' Delights. And I just, I I had to say it once. It's the best. I had to say it once. Um, So it makes sense. I, I can totally understand their decision to say, you know what? It will just be better for us out there. And it sounds like it's just such less stressful than it was here in the city. Her mentioning that it was all about the bottom line. It was fiscally responsible for them to do certain things while in the city. But while in Devon, it sounds like, you know what, if they want to do a certain promotion, they don't need to worry about, oh my goodness, at the end of the month... Am I going to have enough money to pay my employees or pay the hydro bill or pay whatever they need to pay? Well, and a theme that keeps coming up, we we spoke to Mayor DeBlanco about it as well, this idea of red tape, just being able to do things more quickly when you're not in the city. She she mentioned it was Amazon. They they said they got nine nine days. days. And in Toronto, it was 20 months. How could like how can you ever as a business say, well, if I can get the same amount of work done in nine days opposed to twenty months, imagine how far I'm going to be in twenty months. Well, that's that's exactly it. Not only get my business going, but start making money. And if you're a unique business, you are a franchise owner of just you know one store. In your head, at the end of the day. It's when can I start making money and when can I open the doors and start providing my product to my customers? You don't want to be... In Amazon's case, 20 months is nothing. They're they're making billions and billions of dollars a year. But for a small town donut shop, you want to open your doors as soon as possible and start getting that clientele, that reputation. So naturally, it just sounds better to open in a small town. Right, and you also think about saturation of the market. I mean, in Edmonton, I have tried many of the delicious donut shops, and and it's not that it's not that any of them are. You should go here and not here, but there's there's just a sheer amount of of choices. And then in a smaller community, it's like a vegan donut shop. 
probably there's not that many donut shops. Probably freaking Delights is the only vegan one. Well, and look at how well it's doing for them. They want to open up another shop. So clearly the move has paid off. You know what we could say, Brad? What's that? It's been freaking delightful for them.